0: Welcome to Pack Unleashed, and thank you everyone for joining us. As always, today I'm joined by John and Matt. Hello, hello. <laughs> that sounds like someone's eating a biscuit. I'm definitely <laughs> not <eating a> biscuit. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about perfection, Ooh. what it is, and as Winston Churchill once said, "Perfection is the enemy of progress." Oh, I like very... it. I love. The, I love the Winston voice. I know. I don't quite know. Is it? Is a bit more grand, isn't he? He's supposed his...
1: to, make, to make the cigar in here <laughs> as well, though, right? Perfection is the enemy. Of progress. So really that Yoda. It's and in yeah. the spirit of a non-perfection podcast, I'm yeah. sure we'd be keeping that in the yes. man's
0: Well, I hope so. So in oh. today's episode, we're going to be talking about perfection, aren't we? And I think everyone really, at some point in their life, has, has strived to try and be perfect in some way haven't they you know right from you know you want to be the person who has uh, the friends and like you want to be the cool kid and there's all these like expectations of you growing up absolutely yeah I think what we're talking about
2: in the context of this show is and and the and the quote that you you kind of said at the beginning perfection is the enemy of, of progress um you know which is it's a really powerful statement right and I think part of A big part of what we believe at PAC is that sometimes perfection can hold you back. Sometimes striving for that perfect release of something or that perfect version of something, whether it's yourself or something that you're working on, can be the enemy of just getting stuff done.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think but you know, where that where that comes from, I think, is rooted in from right from birth, I think. I think there's always like, even, mm-hmm. right from being a child, like before you kind of enter the big wide world and you're trying to strive for like being the perfect employee and having the perfect company or product or whatever it might be. Mm. We're saying basically <laughs> that that there is no such thing as perfection. There isn't. It, does, it doesn't exist. No, but I think it's something that everyone is trying to achieve.
1: No, absolutely. I think it's a funny one, right? You... you... Especially when it comes to work and it comes to life in general. I mean, you're fed so much of the perfect thing, right? And there's this level that you're supposed to take. And and so many times I've seen in projects and I've seen in personal life and I've seen in all types of things that, you know, people go, oh, well, I'm a perfectionist. And if someone says to me they're a perfectionist, that basically says to me that they never get anything done because there's just no way to meet that and i think it's sometimes easier to be caught up in the detail than it is to get past the fear of actually releasing something or getting something out there mm. um and and it not being perfect but it's it's kind of ironic in the main place because who defines perfect right and i it's think that's subjective the, yeah yeah I think that's the big problem that we have at the moment is perfect is fed to you every day. My wife for instance, you know, if, if she's on social media she she's a stay at home mum which basically translates she does much more work than I ever do in my entire life. Um, but it's very easy to her to feel like she's not living the perfect life. There's other people sticking up stuff saying like, you know, uh, oh, this is me and my perfect kids out. And you yeah. know that stage manage, right? You know, Definitely. those kids are chucking food everywhere. You've been with me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. I think that really leads into the next point, which is perfection isn't authentic, right? So you, so that's absolutely it. Yeah. It's like it's not it's it's, it's a, like a facade. Yeah, facade's yeah. the right, right word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think, it's, I think it's quite a damaging facade, right? Because yeah. when you don't feel that you're, you know, that little thing that makes you weird is probably the thing that actually makes you, makes you special. Mm. Um, and, you know, that could go into everything from products mm. to the little thing that makes you so different everyone worries about it. I think there's this perfection leads to conformity and conformity leads to a lack of innovation or doing anything new. And then all of a sudden somebody will come along and do something new and then that will become the new perfect to aspire to. But it is just this like echo chamber inside your own head. And I think, you know... (sighs) how how do you kind of break out of that and and how do you break out of that kind of stagnation that it gives you is is, is actually quite a hard thing to do i know we struggle with it constantly you know internally mm. within our business we we're, mm. we're not perfect you know we we talk about doing things rapidly and making rapid change and we can sit in a meeting room for 2 hours and talk about stuff and 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 you know not focus on the core things we have to i think it's it's one of those things that you do and then you beat yourself up for and then that enters into that cycle cycle of stagnation and, and just kind of repetitive behavior and it becomes harder and harder to break out of. Yeah, definitely.
0: Absolutely.
2: If you're too busy trying to perfect something, you're not getting stuff done. You're just crafting and crafting and crafting. Yeah. and um, I mean, I'm,
0: not... I'm, I'm like the ultimate perfectionist in the, in the sense that I lo- like anything I do, I always try and make sure it's perfect. And ultimately, yes. it, it never is. But like, just for me it's sort of like for some reason there's this weird thing in my head i'm like it has to be do you
1: think it's because you worry about what other people think of it yeah definitely i think yeah you want to do
2: things properly right there's 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 a difference between doing things properly (laughs) (laughs) there's a difference between doing things properly and then there's a difference between you know actually just you know there's more to life than just trying to get something as as perfect as it can be salvador dali says or said <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's what he's rose from the grave <laughs> he's
2: risen from the grave he's in the room and he's just whispered in my ear have no fear of perfection you'll never reach it which is interesting and you look at his you look at his uh you know his paintings and stuff and you think wow that's some <laughs> that's some epic stuff but he's probably thinking yeah. That wonky little clock over yeah, there, right in the know.
0: back. <laughs> do you think though he was trying to paint a wonky clock, or do you think he was he trying, was trying to, paint to, paint to paint a real a clock it yeah. <laughs> just couldn't quite get there? Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's, it's very it's, it's difficult to know, isn't it? But um, yeah, and you know, and 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 there's there's so much psychology around uh, perfectionism and actually how damage it, it how damaging it can actually be, um, you know, to your to your mental health. And do you um, know what I want to
2: hear, Dom. I want to hear some stats around perfection. Some stats?
0: Have you not got any? <laughs> I don't have any stats. <laughs> <laughs> Edit <that> out. <laughs> Forget. <that>. So <laughs> you said you did? No, I've got a quote. Oh, okay. Um, another quote. It
1: well, though. it was kind you of just. Cut it cut off mid flow to chuck stats in. It oh. was,
0: and it's, it's not depressing, but it was basically saying that there are studies that suggest that the higher the perfectionism is, the more psychological disorders you're going to suffer. Yeah. So it, it sounds that. bad, but it's it's true though isn't it
1: there's a really good book actually called perfection or perfection or anyway we put the link in the in the uh (laughs) in the titles um it does have a rude word but you have to let me off because this one's actually in the 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 title of the book i'll bleep it um (laughs) don't bleep it no bleep it (laughs) Um, but, but, you know... Isn't it called Feck Perfection? It might be, but I prefer... I mean, we all know what it really means. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, anyway, f- Perfection. It's written by uh, Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this book's really good in the sense that it kind of talks about a creative and it talks about all the things that kind of hold you back creatively. And a lot of that time, being held back creatively is about trying to perfect something because fundamentally, creativity is about creating something new. And, and mm. for me, I'm really passionate about the fact that creativity is not a term that only relates to typical creative people designers and things like that but it's people who create something new in whatever they're doing from accountancy from the way they live their life you know but that fear of standing out and that fear of being seen as to be different is actually a lot of the times your superpower yeah and the thing that you were talking about where it's this kind of society wants you to conform you want to be uh you know part of a pack <laughs> no pun intended but but you know you feel that need and, and it can be so suppressive um yeah
0: definitely so i've got some tactics i think for um you trying to in a way remove yourself from this kind of perfection chamber perfection echo chamber the perfection stagnation the swamp of perfection yeah, yeah i feel yeah.
2: like if you were perfecting it you'd just spend all day trying to work out the exact term. Um, but it's perfect to sum it up, which I'm not sure we're going to get to. But let's just say a perfection
0: loop. I quite like the swamp analogy. Yeah, yeah. Perfection swamp. Okay, so I think one of the things, and and you know, I was obviously before recording this, I was I was sort of looking and seeing what other people uh, are saying out there, and there's 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 an article I came across which I thought was really interesting, and it kind of outlined a, a few tips, and I I think I think they were important, so I thought I'd, I'd talk them through. So the first one is change your mindset. Mm. Okay. And as we say, we're all we're all about changing people's mindset. You know? Definitely, whether that's working with teams and you know how to how to work better together, how to you know change starts with the mind. Yeah, exactly. I feel like someone said that. Maybe change starts with the mind. Yeah, I don't know, but if, if they not, didn't, let's own that. you let's did.
1: We that. should. <laughs> that's <laughs> a Griffin. That's, yeah. that's a straight Griffin. Quote. Salvador yeah. Griffin.
0: <laughs> that is one people can quote you on. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, and it is it's it's sort of like changing the the kind of sort of influences and opinions and experiences that you have for the better, really. So the second one is build <laughs> self reliance. Mm. <laughs> does that sound interesting? It does sound it interesting. Does. I think
1: it's one of the things. you know, that's the thing about like you know, if you if you constantly worry about what other people are going to think or how they're going to view you or yeah. worry about all those types of things, you're never going to be yourself because you're already conforming to that thing. And I think a big part of perfection is that, is that you don't have the self-reliance to think, do you know what, this is good enough or this is how I like it. I overheard a conversation this morning um, with two designers and one designer walked up and the first thing he said to the other designer is this was... Is a joke? No, 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 yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is a true story. And um, the first thing I was, oh, have you seen that logo on that building? Oh, they've done that wrong. You know, And there's this self-perpetuating thing, I think, around mm. all types of industries where it's like, oh, that's not right. And mm. fundamentally, yes, things cannot be right or things cannot be, but it, it's, it's a perception that we have as a person. And, and if you don't look at things differently, you're never going to do anything different. And yeah. I, think, I think it's very easy to pull stuff down. And unfortunately, we live in a world which has the interwebs, which it is exceedingly easy to pull people down now. But I think less people take the risks and are less self-reliant.
0: Yeah, on their own opinion. Yeah, there's there's that thing definitely of like groupthink, isn't there? The whole George Orwell thing where you like you listen to someone else or your, your opinion comes from them because you're worried that your opinion actually will be wrong or, you yeah. know, will sound sort of slightly, you know, different to them or left mm. field when actually, you know. Just People say it. want to conform. Have an yeah, opinion. Exactly. Like, there's so, no harm in being different. So it's good to be different.
1: It's On a to- personal level, I said the last three years, like, is the only time I've stepped back and thought, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to conform with what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to, like, wear a neon belt if I want to. And, like, I just, just the little things that I think start to change you. And, like, I'm quite happy now to put out stuff that's not, like, perfect. Like, our website is a really good po- ca- case in point. You yeah, know, that's almost definitely. like a live des- development cycle. And it doesn't have to be well, perfect. It's
2: perfection, isn't it? What do you mean? <laughs> no,
1: but it almost is perfect for not being perfect. I yeah. think it's because it, we can get stuff up and try it live and not worry about stuff. And I think, you know, this 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 self-reliance is, is the nemesis of worry, right? Yeah. And... You know, oh I think shit. it's 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 super important to get, and it's it's a work in progress. Um, but like, definitely, I think over the last when I, I think it was like thirty seven onwards, I started to actually stop caring as much what other people thought, and and mm. that's a very liberating thing. It yeah. is
0: liberating. I think that's just something that comes with
2: age. I think on a on a career level as well, the, the longer you're in a you know in a role or in a, a sector or an industry or whatever, the longer you the the less you give to flying. Yeah, you know, what yeah, other definitely. people think, and mm. you can you can own it and you've got that
0: you know you you feel that confidence in what you're doing yeah for sure for mm. sure okay so the next one well let is learn to let it go and I I think that's kind of we've sort of sort of summarised it there didn't we really is just that just don't be don't let anything hold you back you know don't be afraid for I people accepting also, you for who you are just just do it
1: I think so I think it's also just like if you take that on kind of a a, a, a project level right so mm um we've worked on stuff where you know people have been building a product for like a year um and a lot of the time they can't let it go you know they can't unleash something to real people because there's that internal worry about it you know mm-hmm. i've seen projects like where whole interfaces have been redesigned because after three months the people building it have got bored and decided to redo it but it suggest that it goes out in front of people and there's a complete fear factor
2: I've he, got a good, uh, sorry. No, 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 I was just going to say I've got a, a good story coming up at, about that that makes a year's oh, worth yeah. of, of redesigning UI interfaces oh, in comparison. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, we will look forward to that with bated breath. Yeah, so basically just release the out of it, put it out there, get some feedback, and, you know, just, just like, I think a lot of the time it is just, Get stuff out. That work- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> good, sure. That kind of that we'll kind of like leads we'll on to the work.
0: the last couple, which is like next one is sort of like making your own decisions and like driving
1: yourself forward with what feels right to you. Have you ever got an example of somewhere that you've kind of experienced that or had to like you know make your own decision as opposed to listen to other people?
0: I think it's only when you reach a certain level of maturity that you're like, actually, do you know what? Like, I don't really want to do that, and and you feel confident enough to be able to just. Make that decision for yourself and mm. just move past it. Um, well if
2: you're this this is this is all interesting and kind of, you know, self-developmental, but I'm wondering how these tactics work within a team environment because you know, quite often you might have someone in a team who who has had that mindset change that might be like, We need to do stuff like this, or, you know, we need to let people be more autonomous and have more self reliance or or we need to let things go more because we need to get things out the door um, you know or let people make decisions sometimes though you you are in a position where there's not that kind of like team-wide buy-in to say yeah you know that that's down to you it's quite often it's kind of we all need to make that decision together and it's committee
0: yeah I mean that's a, that's a very good point to raise and and obviously it's it's not always as easy um, you know as we'd like it to be in in a work situation in a professional situation because Obviously, like making your own decisions is is one thing, but actually having buy-in from everyone else is another, and and that is a sort of like role reversal thing of like almost going back because you have to have group buy-in, really. But I think it's just not being afraid to voice your opinion and being more of an advocate for it, and and that fear of like not worrying whether what you're saying is wrong or whether you're f- going to fail or. You know, it's a cultural change, isn't its Is that It goes back to that kind of changing of the mindset, really. Mm. I think the creating
2: safe spaces for experimentation and also leading by doing. So getting people, maybe not <laughs> saying to point. people, like, here's a checklist of stuff that we're going to start doing. And these are all the things. These are all the ways that you're going to change your opinions and your mindsets and your, uh, you know, the, the the tactics that you use to get things done, right? Here you go. It's more a case of – and we talk about this all the time, like different ways that you can get people to start building advocates from within with small experiments, with small marginal gains um, that they can start weaving into the fabric of their organization. And yet it is frustrating because it takes a bit longer than if everybody suddenly was on the same page as you. But you know you can get to the point where you can help people to let go of some of that that kind of baggage that they've got around that you know everything needs to be a certain way before it goes out yeah actually as a child, I was told better out than in and I think actually <laughs> yeah, I think that, that I think that actually is is about um body bodily gas
1: (laughs) not digital not digital products
2: or or projects or whatever but it always (laughs)
1: always stuck with me right back there bodily gas bodily gas bodily gas wow thank you there we go (laughs) but
0: you know what you you what you were saying there is my man always used to say it is it you suddenly just tweak something in my head it's like that's another reason why the design sprint is so good right because you've yeah. got people like you, you you know yourself there like you people just, like my nan people like your nan <laughs> she's it. she's bubbling it all up inside and she can't get it out and she's not been given the permission to get it out <laughs> or feels comfortable enough to she's let it gone all out a weird place uh, no, but in in a design Best sprint, that, that's one of the great things that, that we always do is sort of like work together, but alone. So you, you, you know, you, you can have a voice. And even if mm. some of the suggestions you make are left field, some of the, they're not like, you know, the right suggestion then you know perhaps you know is is not being not afraid to be able to just give it a go and just and just say it and get it out there and then you know collectively you look through those and you uh, often and this is usually the way it goes is that those decisions that people are a bit who are a bit shy who don't normally say anything you know the ideas they come up with are like absolute gold um
1: exactly Exactly. there's one other thing i'd probably add to that which is just, like, get the hell out of there if it is not the sort of place where you can do that type of thing. Don't suppress yourself just to fit in in a place that might not necessarily be the right fit for you. Um, I mean, it's quite an extreme angle, but, you know, there are going to be certain places and certain jobs and certain roles that don't allow you to have the freedom to express yourself, especially in, like, larger corporations. And Mm. you've got to consider whether is your happiness going to be, you know, completely to the detriment of you having this role and this job and this title and this salary and this mortgage. And, yeah. You know, like, there's there's a bigger picture thing, which is, you know, life's short. And if you... you, you there was a great video, actually, John, that you sent over the other day, Slow Mo, where mm. it was a doctor um, that had been, you know, living the BMW, Ferrari lifestyle and had basically given it all up and gone and lived on a beach and roller skated. and Yeah, that was a great story. And, yeah. and, and that's just like the kind of showing you the fallacy that all these things actually matter and if you're not making an impact get the hell out go somewhere where you can you know life has got lots of options yeah yeah. So. That was that was a great,
0: that's a perfect summary of that. You know, he had the car, he had the, the job, yeah, but, yeah, he had lived the money. The and yeah.
2: he lived in so he mansion. he was a doctor, he was a successful doctor, had his own practice, you know, all of these things. Um, things were on paper looking perfect for where he wanted to go. And then he realized when he got there, that wasn't what perfect looked like. Yeah. He, he actually realized he was, a, in his own words, had turned into an asshole. <laughs> 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 and he didn't want to be an and just, yeah. and just work towards this kind of, you know, what what the, he thought the definition was of, of his kind of perfect life and perfect career was. I think he had like... I mean, you've got to watch it, but he had had the pool, he had tennis courts in his house, you know, he had a rare animal farm on his land, you know, he had all these things, but actually realised that that none of that mattered. Yeah, in pursuit of perfection, that wasn't actually what he wanted. And went on to perfect this slow-mo rollerblading technique, which is just like, and that's all he does all day, every day. Um, So there you go. You can be more slow-mo if you want to be less perfect and just basically, you know, do what you want to do, um,
0: yeah, yeah. You're so I,
1: excited. I can see how excited. you are. I mean, he literally can't concentrate on it. else. I feel with I it, we know. should let this come. He, out. He's going to oh. jump straight
0: in. Just before you do, though, just there's a there's a great book called Love for Imperfection. Sorry, Love for Imperfect Things, which is how to accept yourself in a world striving for perfection. Great, great book by Haman Sunim. Please check it out. Haman Sunim. We'll pop it in the show notes. Pop Sounds it in the good. show notes. Is yeah, that one it, you've read recently? Yeah, it's a really interesting book actually. Um, so I won't go into it now, but because I'm I'm very keen to hear the Duke Nukem story.
2: Yeah, me too. Oh, wow, <laughs> you're you giving it away. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. that's what rewind. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's, let's talk about how. Uh, so I've got a story. It just came to me actually. I was I was um, thinking about this. Just came, it just came <laughs> to me. Hail to the king, baby. (laughs) So it came to me this morning, actually, when I was thinking about this episode and we weren't sure what we were going to chat about. And I was trying to think of a real world sort of case study of where perfection has kind of killed something good um, or the pursuit of perfection has killed something good I'm not a big gamer um, you guys aren't like super big gamers are you you're, no I'm not really a gamer. you're a little bit more I'm so bit so you game, got yeah. you got you got the story you knew what I was talking about but basically when I was a kid uh, many many moons ago um, we're going 40, back 50 <laughs> yeah, 40 50 years ago 40 50 years ago there was a game right and the game was called Duke Nukem 3D and it was such a good game
0: I um, do remember that game though even though, though I'm that not game. a big gamer yet. yeah
2: it was super super popular um, and basically. It was the it was the third title in the instalment of 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 the kind of Duke Nukem franchise released in 1996 for the MS DOS platform. Do you remember DOS? (laughs) uh, Who doesn't? Yeah, (laughs) you used to have to type in a command to launch your your games or whatever. Anyway, it featured uh, a larger than life leading man, Duke Nukem, straight out of a 1980s action film. Um, And basically, it was it was pretty simple: run around with a gun. uh, Is hell bent on shooting aliens. so the other thing is you could play it on a, a 56k modem which was amazing so you could dial up into your mate's house or whatever and run around. It was it was just such a good game. It was iconic and it was super, super popular. Do you remember the voice of Duke Nukem? Um,
0: I kind of have it in well, my I head. Have yeah. In by in my
1: head but it's very sort of like...
0: Yeah. I'd, if you asked me to do it I wouldn't be able yeah, but... to. It went a little bit like this. <laughs> oh, he's got it. <laughs> he's
1: been practising in front of the mirror for this one I feel.
0: Hail to the king, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just like a real like almost like a kind of clint eastwood kind of like meets someone with a Me- memories are flooding back yeah it,
1: <laughs> it, was, it was very macho wasn't it it
2: was very macho um yeah floor to ceiling macho so anyway it was a huge success uh three and a half million copies worldwide so in 97, a year after the game came out, they uh, they said that they were going to... The, the company who, who created the first runaway success yeah. of Duke Nukem 3D said they were going to um, release a sequel. And that is where the cycle that would demolish Duke Nukem was about to begin. Um, because basically, uh, it was just a... It's like a car crash. And if you if you're in any way into games, or even if you're not, you might have heard this story. But basically, what should have taken a year or two probably to turn around a game because there was massive demand for it. The yeah. first one had been sh- super well received. It basically just took years and years and years. So the the makers kept releasing trailers for it, saying it's coming soon. Within the time, within within a, a long time frame, there was changes of publishers. There was like wrestles over ownership, legal battles. Part of what kind of caught the creators of the sequel off guard was basically the 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 speed at which video games were improving at the time. So to, to, talking about kind of late nineties, there was new technologies yeah. that could come out all the time. There was a, a particular founder who was very much invested in it being this amazing thing that lived up to the first one. Um, so there was there was games that which had more powerful engines, like more lifelike graphics that sort of thing so it's just like exploding and what happened was they they kept changing the technology that they were using all the time they kept rebuilding the graphics rebuilding the words to and something else would come along you know within six months of them choosing a platform and they would keep mixing it up and basically what should have taken a few years ended up taking 15 years <laughs> Release a <laughs> nice. fifteen nice. years. Ridiculous. So the people who played it the first time round—if you were fifteen the first time round, you were thirty.
1: Because it was an eighteen game. Yes, wow. it was an
2: eighteen. I definitely was eighteen. <laughs> but you would be—you know—in your thirties by the time the sequel came out. And the, and and the thing is, you know, obviously there's the nostalgia and all the rest of it. You know, people did buy. It. I did buy a copy of it it wasn't a great game because <laughs> because the first one, it had blocky graphics, like the the, the voice samples of Duke were like really, had that kind of like tinny kind of crackle to well, them. Didn't it
1: have like Warthog Policemen as and well? And Warthog Policemen, yeah, yeah it was yeah. just
2: so out there. It was like a kind of, um, who's that guy who did Bad Taste, um, who did Lord of the Rings? Oh, yeah. You know I who I'm talking I about. I can't think of his name now. Yeah, but yeah Peter who... Jackson. Yes, it was like Peter true. Jackson-esque. Like if Peter Jackson made an Arnie movie, right, Duke Nukem was it, <laughs> (laughs) steroids basically it was it was awesome it was so good it was like revolutionary and it was actually a really good game uh and then 15 years down the line, when everyone thought it was never going to happen, someone went, right, let's get this out the door. That's
0: quite a lot of anticipation as well, isn't it? You know, yeah, you can't build not something up for 15 yeah. years, yeah. right? It's like, and, you're, and, you're setting yourself up. You
2: but... know, you had developers who were there like 10 years working on this, <laughs> on this game. And it, <laughs> Could and, you imagine? Oh, Can you imagine so a 10 year lifestyle? Like, it's never oh. going to, and, and I know <laughs> we've all worked on projects, right, where you put a load of effort in and then yeah. they're like, oh, it's not going anywhere. We're not going to release it or we're going to change it or whatever. But you know this is like a big chunk of some people's careers that they spent on this thing and you know it ended up selling half as many copies as they wanted to sell it's got a, a metacritic score of 54% the original blocky graphics released 15 years before nearly 90% it had wow. you know so it's like you know it ended up being a metaphor basically within the game's world definitely of of a kind of project gone bad and a yeah, sequel that could have been well, not amazing to do. If they had just, if they pushed out something that looked like the first one with a few new maps and some new things, it would have done amazingly and they'd probably still be making games today. So,
0: yeah, there's so t- such a good, yeah, I really, a cautionary enjoyed, tale, isn't it? I yeah. did, I enjoyed it. It is, Don't that, this do comes it. back to, I think it's just sort of, you know, you're Don't striving, do a striving for perfection and then when you get there and you think you have it. You don't really Yeah, you know. (laughs) Exactly. You've
2: just got I think I think I think one thing that's maybe been left off is just kind of committing, committing to something and sticking to your guns and saying, This might not be the perfect way to do it, but this is
0: how I'm gonna do it. Yeah.
2: Like because I know this is gonna help me push something out the door and actually get something done.
0: Yeah. And perfection, you know, comes with time. You learn, you know, you learn as well, like, you know, from all of these
2: things. Yeah. It's all about it's it comes all with a time boxing. <laughs> time boxing. It's not taking too much time. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Some might say this is the perfect end to this episode.
2: I would say it is the perfect end to the episode. I would say it is as well.
1: Yeah. We've come to a natural end. Perfect. We'll let John do the outro the perfect outro Ooh.
2: no pressure so thank you very much everyone, for <laughs> listening today yeah, definitely wasn't yeah. an edit there <laughs> <laughs> <Boom. clears
1: throat>
2: thank you everyone for listening today it's uh, it's been a real pleasure talking about perfection the lack of it what it is who knows uh, and being comfortable with it yeah yeah, being yeah comfortable being
0: just comfortable
2: bed in with it um it's all gravy um so as always, thank you for listening. Please do subscribe to the show. Give us a rating if you're feeling kind and you enjoyed it. Uh, read pray. our articles if you want more knowledge bombs outside of the podcast. Ridewithpack.com slash articles. Thank you to our sponsors, Plus X.
1: Thank you, Plus X. Big, Big thank you, you plus to Plus X. X.
2: And please do share this episode. But for now, we'll be back soon. It's bye from me, and it's bye from my co hosts, Dominic and Matthew. Bye. Bye. See
0: you every other
2: Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>